Today on Locked on Flames, we have your primer for the final five. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of Locked On Flames. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Well, today we are going to kind of explain and break down the numbers and math and all the fancy things ahead of the final five games of the Flames regular season. Nick, how are you? I'm good. You know, the typical Monday afternoon tired is hitting. I could definitely use a sip of coffee. Dinner would be nice, but what business to take care of first. <laughs> yes, thank you so much uh, for hanging out with us today. Um, you know, it's always a good time to jump on board the Flames potential bandwagon here. Um, and thank you all for hanging out with us as well. Um, make sure you're subscribed to Locked on Flames wherever you get your podcasts. And we are free and available on YouTube as well. And we're just going to dive right in. Uh, I think March was such a fun month for this team. Um, there were definitely some eye-opening moments. Uh, what's the, What was the really bad NHL marketing campaign? No soap operas, just hockey? Just- no, it's been a soap opera. Yeah. It legitimately has been a soap opera for the last few weeks. That you got new characters coming in out of nowhere who are getting dropped in across the country. Who is that handsome young man? What is he doing here? Exactly. The NHL is entirely a soap opera, and that was a missed opportunity and a very, very easy marketing campaign. Don't they know like the third best player in all of baseball reads hockey romance novels? Lean into the bit. I can't believe that. That wasn't an April Fool's joke. I I was like, it's 9 a.m. April Fool's Day. There's no way this is real. There's no way. And then no. I clicked on the link and it was very much real. Oh, good old Bryce Harper. But, you know, I think, I don't know. I feel like March really was kind of the true turning point. I think that they might have finally turned that corner. I don't want to speak too soon. I think but... that's also, I, I think that's the... um the content part of your brain that's like well they're not miserable to talk about now and we're having fun so i think this is the most i'm trying to think of the right word to describe it because it's not focused it's not like it's not attentive it's this is the most um we've been saying all year that they've been adrift that they haven't had a sense of direction i don't know if they're heading in the exact right direction yet but they're, they're getting closer. Like, maybe they finally figured out the compass was pointing west instead of north, and they were able to realign it and get their the right bearing. They're still probably not get, not making it. Most of the – I, I have them down here, 21%, 29%, 37%, 28% chance to make the playoffs. Those are the four publicly available models. So, it's not, not- – it's not, it's not zero, and it's going up. It, it was down in the teens on pretty much all of them last week, mm-hmm. but the wins over the weekend, the come-from-behind wins, those, those made a real difference. The Every game is of the utmost importance now, especially now that there's only five left. Yeah, you know, I think it's just been such a wild ride of a season that, yeah. you know, I'm worried that um, we're running out of time. 
it's yeah. very, very much like that 56 game season where the Canucks were like red hot fighting for that playoff spot. I think for Montreal with Montreal and the flames and Vancouver just kind of, they really did run out of time. Yeah. It's been a very turbulent season for Calgary. That's the way I would describe it, where it's yeah. been up and down, erratic, not a lot of consistency. I mean, that that you said it the other day. They hadn't won three games in a row since December. So it, it really speaks to just how weird this entire season's been. I mean, excuse me, you've had a lot of turnover and a lot of change. Yeah. And, you know, even for guys who've been in the league a long time, like Kadri, like Huberto, like even Weger, you, you you go to a new team, it takes a while to resettle your entire life. I mean, right. we take it for granted that most guys are able to do it pretty seamlessly and figure it out. And Calgary is just so unique in the fact that they they had such significant players get replaced that it was always never going to go as smoothly as they thought it would. I thought it was probably going to go smoother than this because it's been so bumpy and turbulent. Like maybe the Flames are flying spirit, but – it's been a mess so far. It, 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 it's been an up and down mess, but it's not over yet. It's no, not over yet. It's not. And last night uh, after Lucic, or I guess technically Sunday night, uh, when Lucic scored, Money Puck tweeted that uh, that goal alone increased their playoff chances by 6%. Yeah. And, you know, I know we talk about Money Puck just, you know, valuing Corsi more than the other models, but... Thank you, you big Neanderthal, for something. Hey, it, it's one of those things where you you kind of, you, you're thinking to yourself, like, why is he playing? And then you're like, no, no, no. And then he actually lets it rip and it actually goes in. And then you just stop complaining for that half second. Like the irrational fear of a child running around. Like, what are you doing? What do you got over there? Do you have the puck, Milan? Get rid of that. You're not yeah. supposed to have that. It's like talking to a child, but every now and then they do something genuinely hysterical where you're like, he probably shouldn't get used to doing that because the overconfidence of it is a problem. But in that moment, it was a relief. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's like when he had goals and back to back games and everyone was like, what, what is this? You know, yeah. um, and it, he just reminds me of like that vine of the child when the mom's like what do you have and it's like a knife yeah. Like, yeah get no that's Lucic with the puck yeah. yeah no and you know I definitely think that he I, I think he's retiring after this season I think that that seed has been planted in his brain since he talked about it uh, a few years ago right before Jeff Ward kind of quote-unquote, rejuvenated and revitalized him. But I, I don't know. I don't I don't think he's completely useless, but he's more so of a liability. That's the thing with the guys who bring more intangibles than the tangible. It's very hard to quantify what somebody brings when it's not based on actual production. Like, you could be the best guy on the planet. Everybody in the room loves you. you you're hosting people at your house for dinner. You organize the get-togethers, all of that stuff. That's great. Every team needs the guy to facilitate that. Every friend group needs the facilitator to organize the plans. But there's a salary cap and you can't be paying guys who are good at logistics. You know, you can hire somebody to do that and that won't be on the salary cap. You can hire a director of player morale and they can be, you know, 
we have this team bonding ex- exercise once a month. We have team dinner once a week. You know, all of those kinds of things where it's great. One guy wants to take the initiative and do it because he's older. He's made a lot of money. He knows that it's part of the experience, the responsibility of being a veteran is you teach the younger guys, hey, you look after the other guys on your team. When you have, when you finally get paid, you take care of the younger guys who aren't making as much money of you as you. That stuff all matters. It has a value. It does not have a value commiserate with the salary cap hit that Lucic has, and it's why you can't prioritize intangibles over tangibles in a salary cap sport. In baseball, sure, go nuts. In basketball, where the salary cap is made up, sure, go nuts. In football, where the salary cap is $220 million, sure, go nuts. But in the NHL, where the salary cap is $82.5 million, you can't have somebody getting paid almost $6 million a year because they have good vibes. You just can't. No, and that's, you know, when you carve out a role and you create a fake job title for them and uh, probably them and their wife to just. Yeah, of- like if they bring Lucic back on the veteran minimum of like 750, sure, whatever, that's fine. But if he wants more than that, you tell him to t- yeah, so thanks for what you did here. But, you know, we got to build a team. We need that money. Yeah, exactly. And just like the Flames need to preserve their money, you also need to save money. And here is a word from our next sponsor, who I know I will be utilizing this summer because it is concert season, and buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. It shouldn't feel like you're going to battle, and that's why you should use Game Time, because Game Time makes it a lot easier, and you get killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, You so you can stop stressing over the tickets and get hype. For all the fun you'll have, thanks to game time, I know that I will probably be buying last-minute Taylor Swift tickets because I have zero self-control, and I'm so excited to use game time for this, as well as Bruins playoff tickets, and their flash deals make it very easy to obtain these tickets. And right now, you can snag tickets without the stress at game time. All you have to do is download the game time app, Create an account and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. I will be using that. Thank you very much, game time. I am an experiences person, so yeah. Yeah. I don't need material things. I'd rather go do things. Exactly. I think that that's, you know, part of the joy of being a sports fan or just, you know, really a human being. Yeah. Is making those memories at events. And shout out to Game Time and not another main ticket supplier that has many of us in the trenches fighting for our lives like the Flames. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The Flames are fighting for... I... I assumed when they went down on Saturday, they were losing that game to the Canucks. Oh, Yesterday, yeah. I assumed they were losing that game when they, excuse Sunday night, I, I assumed they were losing that game when they went down. And that's the first real resiliency they've shown all year. It would have been nice if it showed up, you know, at some point in the previous 75 games, but there's no time like the present. There is yeah. no time like the present to get it going. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really feel like, the first period of Sunday's game against the Ducks was just a disaster. 
And like, they didn't look like they wanted to play. They didn't know that they were playing. Um, I think, you know, at one point the camera kind of panned to Daryl during a line change and he's over there with his paper and like his hands going like, let's go, like, come on. You got like, put a little life into it. And it's so frustrating, like watching that first shot go in and then Markstrom's just kind of doing Markstrom things. And I was shocked. I was a little shocked when Dan Vladar was in net, but I'm not saying in Sutter we trust, but let's just trust the process. Hey, if you're on the mat, you're willing to do anything to get off of it. Uh, you'll try anything if you're about to die. I mean, at that point, there's not else. You got nothing to lose. If yeah. you're going to lose the game, you might as well go down saying, "All right, I did everything I could," and that's what you do there, pulling the goalie down two nothing. Excuse me, switching goalies down two nothing like they did against the Ducks. You had to find a way to get back in that game. You switch the goalies. That usually gets a little bit of a jump in your guys. Like, hey, we played really bad in front of the first guy. Let's not do it again. Let's yeah. not embarrass this guy too. And they didn't play great. I mean, it's not great that you only won 5-4 against the Connor Bedard-bound team like the Ducks. Yeah. But you won. Style points aren't a thing in the NHL. We're not in the BCS system where you need a win by a certain score so you get picked for a bowl game. But you won. Baby steps. You won yeah. two in a row at a crucial stretch of the season here. You got five to go. The math that we're going to talk about, it's not impossible, but it's definitely challenging. But they do have some things going for them. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was looking at some of the stats ahead of this. Um, and I, Tyler Toffoli really has been just – He's the been t- their best player. He's he has been the spine of this team. Um and, you know, you're better with the numbers than I am because I'm just not a numbers girl, more of a vibes girl. But what's, like, the telltale stat right now? For Toffoli specifically? I mean, he's, like, fourth in the entire league in goals above replacement, which, you know, that out of every player in the league, forward and defense, he's top ten. He might have slipped down over the course of the weekend. But he was, like, six or seven at one point during the week last week, and he was, like, eighth the week before that when I – I did, an, like, an entire episode about that. But just – it he's the one guy who's a shoot-first guy. Everybody else is a facilitator, mm-hmm. and he's inclined to let it rip, and he's got decent shooting talent. So that's a real marriage of – situational awareness and talent where everything kind of lines up for him. Like, yeah, we've bemoaned the flames lack of finishers all season, but he's the one guy they have whose best trait is his shooting. So he's been able to capitalize on that. That would really be the biggest thing in terms of Toffoli is just, he's been able to capitalize on the way the team plays and they don't have any other finishers. He's the one guy who will just shoot. Yeah, no, there were absolutely points in the game against the duck where I was against the ducks Rather, where I was like, a wraparound goal would have been completed had they just had someone right there. But they didn't because he's off chewing his mouth guard in much warmer climate. What what does it look like for the Flames as a whole um, right now? Just okay. I know they're two points out of a wild card spot. Okay, so... Seattle is in the first wild card position. They have 90 standings points. Winnipeg is in the second one with 89. Calgary, 87. They are the first team out. Seattle has two games in hand on Winnipeg and Calgary. So Seattle seems relatively safe ahead of Winnipeg because they have two more games to make up. 
Winnipeg has played the exact same number of games as Calgary. Winnipeg, 578 points percentage. Calgary, 565 points percentage. So based on how they've played to this point, the projections will be the Jets finishing with 92 points, Calgary finishing with 90. If the Flames want to beat that projection and the Jets play to what they've been this season and they finish with 92, the Flames would need to win four of the last five games. They would need eight standings points to finish with more than 92. And the Jets could finish with less than 92. And if they finish with more than 92, you're probably not getting in. So that's what it looks like for the Flames. They've got five games remaining. They probably need to win four of them to give themselves a real chance to make the playoffs. Their final five games, they play Chicago, Winnipeg, Vancouver, Nashville, San Jose. There are four winnable games there. There are four winnable games there. But the problem is, if they lose to Winnipeg head-to-head, this is almost all moot. That's the thing. The Flames, even if they win four of the five, but the one loss is in the game to Winnipeg, you're still probably finishing two points behind Winnipeg because that's effectively a four-point game. Because if you win two, Winnipeg doesn't get two. But if you lose to Winnipeg, they get two, you don't get two. Then your math becomes a lot harder. Then it's a four-point gap. Even if you win the other four, you got to worry about those four two, those four that four-point swing of the Winnipeg game head-to-head, and that's going to be the biggest game they have. That's the yeah. single most. Like, granted, they have to play good again, well against Chicago. They didn't do that the first time they played head-to-head. They need to find a way to just take care of business. No turbulence. No smooth. You're flying smooth sailing here. You're not flying Spirit or Frontier. You're flying JetBlue. Just sail home. It's fine. You can do it. It's a direct flight. I don't know. That scares me. This team scares me. They keep me on the edge of my seat, and every game feels like a game seven. Well, yeah, effectively it has been for like two weeks now because all of these games have such massive playoff implications. I mean, Winnipeg's last five games, obviously they play Calgary. They're off until the Calgary game. The other problem for the Flames is the the Winnipeg games are back-to-back and they're at Winnipeg. That's a little bit tough. Nashville, San Jose, Minnesota, Colorado. Colorado probably doesn't have anything to play for. Minnesota probably doesn't have anything to play for. Calgary, obviously, everything to play for. And then Nashville and San Jose, two teams well out of it at this point. Uh, granted, Nashville is only three points behind um, the Flames for that that last team out. That Excuse me, the first team out. But Nashville is effectively just riding the goaltending. And, yeah, I should take a second to say, UC Soros has been the best goalie in the league in the second half of the season. He's up to second in goals saved above expected behind um, Ilya Sorokin. And then Olmark is third, I believe. That Those should be the three Vezina finalists. I just wanted to get that in there because the, 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 the Predators gave up. They waved the white flag at the deadline and traded a bunch yeah. of guys. And he's gotten better since that happened. Uh, they have a bunch of AHL guys and they won a bunch of games here inexplicably. Yeah, no, I Nashville has been just fun. Um, yeah, I mean, good they're for plucky. them. They're yeah. plucky. Yeah, and you know, go listen to Anne and Nick over on uh, Lockdown Predators because they, they bring a lot of fun to uh, Nash Vegas. And coming up next, we will wrap up this fun primer. And before we do that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar, who is, of course, just a delicious tasting protein bar that everyone needs in their life because um, who doesn't love a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar? They are high in fiber, high in protein, uh, low in calories and all the stuff that you don't want to consume too much of. 
Uh, they have unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. Um, personally, I'm a big fan of their churro flavors. I was kind of bummed I didn't see the Built Bar bracket for like March Madness this year, but that's okay. Um, you can still head on over to built.com to place your built bar order if you're interested and of course if you are in the states and have a walmart or sam's club near you go ahead and run to the pharmacy section today to pick up your cookies and cream double chocolate coconut puffs or brownie batter and churro and you can thank me later head on over to built.com or walmart or sam's club to get your built bars and thanks, everyone, for hanging out with us today on Lockdown Flames. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Jess Belmosto and Nick Zararis. This team, like, you you can't write them off. You can't write them off. It's inexplicable. It really is inexplicable. And, like, yeah, the Jets did them a massive favor the last few weeks by being pretty mid and keeping them alive. Mm-hmm. But, you know... Those two games over the weekend, they showed you something. They weren't against yeah. good teams in Vancouver and Anaheim, but they showed you something. They showed you just enough that you could delude yourself into thinking maybe they can do this. Maybe yeah. they can win four out of five. That And that's the thing. Each of those games, it, on its own right, you know, there are no easy games in the NHL, even mm-hmm. against the bad teams like Chicago, the teams like Nashville who are just AHL guys and a few guys hanging on there and teams like Colorado and Minnesota who are pretty much locked into their playoff spots and don't really have a whole lot to play for, but are talented regardless. There are no easy games in the NHL. You got to find a way to win four out of the five of them to be even moderately confident. Oh, and you have to beat the team that's directly in front of you in one of those four games you win. Yeah, no, uh, the devils couldn't, couldn't figure it out last night or Sunday night rather, uh, and lost six to one. So again, yeah, yeah, it's just not a good, not a good time. Uh, (laughs) it was not fun, uh, to keep track of that score on top of the flames being down, uh, 20 minutes into that game. So it was just kind of like a, okay, well maybe the vibes are off. We just, but you know, I mean, to be fair, it was, uh, the second game of back-to-back for the Devils. And you do have to travel to Winnipeg from Chicago. So, you know, not fun. But just I need that. I need the Flames to do something to help themselves. So I I, I know I said the the matchups who each team has left in their final five games. But this is like the, the concise way to say it. Calgary has the weakest strength of schedule of any teams left. They play the five easiest games of any team left. The Jets played the 17th easiest schedule of anyone left. That's the uh, the concise way of saying this is not going to be easy and the matchups look favorable for things to break the Flames' way, but it's still going to take a lot to go their way. That's why, you know, you're moderately optim- – you're cautiously optimistic. Yeah. You say you take care of your game against Chicago, we'll worry about Winnipeg on Wednesday, and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's kind of the biggest thing is you can't – allow yourself you can't look ahead and they've done that more than once they've done that more than once against these stinky teams there was that game against the ducks on the friday night at the start of march that Mm -hmm. layup legitimately a layup all you had to do was go in there and take care of business and they lost i think four to one they did not show they didn't show up for that game and then they went to la and they got killed in la on the following day it's been very complicated 
for the Flames this season to find consistency, to find good results for over an extended period of time. They've got two good wins in a row. Good in the sense that they came from behind to yeah. win, not necessarily that they played particularly well in either game, because they didn't. They, like, they didn't. The Canucks and the uh, Ducks are not good teams, no. but they found the way. They're still alive. You worry about your game against Chicago, and you go from there. Right. I think that's just – you just have to look at it one game at a time, and that's the mentality that you have to take until game 82 – and we've said this for the last month. They're not going to tell you if they're making the playoffs or not until game 82. More because than likely, yeah. I just – hopefully they – I mean, I, I mean, we we did have a debate about it um, before the trade deadline. I think. Yes, at the start of February. That was a yeah, while ago. That time is not real. But, you know, you do have to just think, like, is the, can this team get hot? I mean – get hotter i guess and carry that momentum and the resiliency into the postseason that's the one thing you can talk yourself into is if they play well enough over these last five games that they actually get in they'll probably be the hottest team in all of hockey going into the playoffs if they can get the four wins out of five that they desperately need that's something you can definitely talk yourself into and not just because they're the flames they're not just hot because of that but, oh, man, um, the, I don't know. This team, it's not – it's like a toxic relationship. I've said it time and time again. When it's good, it's good, and then when it's bad, it's bad. And then there's off days where you're like, what, what is this? What, what, what are we doing here? You're, you're I had, everything. I had multiple people text me Saturday night during the game and be like, how do you watch the flames every game? They are atrocious. I had three separate people text me that during the course of the game Saturday night. And I was like, you're not wrong. They're not exactly the, like, they're not exactly the 1980 Soviet union when it comes to like their mechanics of hockey. They are not crisp. They are not enjoyable to watch, but they're plucky. They're, they're, they're the runt of the litter right now. They are trying to not die. That's the goal. Yeah. They're the underdogs that they, like, talked themselves into being last, last year. year. But they actually like, are underdogs now. Yeah. And now, you know, they really do have to just leave it all out there every game until the numbers don't work for them anymore. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be back Wednesday of course, to talk more about uh, the wonderful game, the most meaningful game of the season against the Winnipeg Jets. But thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us today. As always, it is a pleasure. And make sure you are following uh, Locked on Flames wherever you're getting your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed and have a five-star review. Yes. Um, Maybe over the summer or something, we'll do a nice little giveaway just like Milan Lucic, uh, thinking he's Oprah with the puck on his stick. But uh, make sure you're following us. Be nice. Leave five-star reviews. Some nice little reviews, too, and not just ratings. Um, and we will catch you tomorrow. And hopefully the Flames can muster up some good hockey in beating, again, like the 32nd worst team in the league. <laughs>